Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. So I want to talk to you. I want to give you real quick. I've been carrying this sermon around for about two months in my Bible. Honest to God, I'm tired of looking at it in my Bible. And I'm going to preach it tonight. It won't take me long. It won't take me long. But can I give you this? I want to give you quickly. My voice is kind of acting weird right now. You got a little water? But I want to give you three keys to victory. Three keys to victory. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody say three keys, three keys. to victory. Sincere Christians are falling seductive to Satan. Many of them have lost control. They're enslaved to habits. They're being robbed of joy, of health, of peace, of anointing. They need healing, listen, of fear, resentment, anger, bitterness. Marriages, homes need healing. I learned this many years ago and I put it in one of my books. You're only as sick as the secrets you keep. The moment you drag the destructive secrets out of the darkness into the light, they are immediately defeated because Satan operates in the dark places of our life. How do you walk in victory? How do you overcome fear, discouragement, anger? How do you recover your joy, your health, your strength, your hope, your dream? How do you walk in victory? If you're taking notes, I want to give you three. This is not a, a, a sermon that I heard somebody else or picked up out of somebody's book. This is a message that I hand wrote that I have lived for many, many years. And I'm going to give you the three keys that I've seen in my own life. Number one, you must discern where the real battleground is. Number two, you must decide that you've had enough. And number three, you must declare what God has to say about your circumstances. Number one, discern. Number two, decide. And number three, declare. Well, when you say discern, Pastor Franklin, what do you mean? Discern where the real battleground is. You see, the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. With the new birth came a new battle. You didn't just get peace, you got war when you got saved. You didn't just get redeemed, you got recruited. And there are forces all around you right now in the unseen world that you cannot see. And when the battle starts to rage in your life and trying to defeat you and rob you and destroy your home and family, it's not just natural things you're dealing with. But you must discern what is behind the action sometimes of people who come against you. We don't wrestle with those people, but we discern the spirit. Because every time you bring someone into your life, you don't just bring a person, you bring a spirit. And there's only two spirits, God's spirit and the enemy. And you have to take authority over it. For example, God has not given you the spirit of fear. There is healthy fear. For example, the fear of snakes, especially poisonous snakes. That's a healthy fear. That's a good fear. 
But then there's fear that robs you of joy that dominates your life that begins to control you and that's not a normal fear where you're afraid and you become paranoid and you have all of the all of the fear that something's going to happen to your children all the time that you're going to get a disease all the time that your mother had breast cancer now you're going to get breast cancer and it's just like it's dominating your life and you can't even enjoy today because fear is just tormenting you what do you do? You need 20-20 vision in the spirit. You must discern what's really going on. Do you see the fruit of the problem or do you go all the way to the root? You've got to see the root of your depression. You've got to see the root of your, of your condemnation and guilt and go to the root. And the Bible said, lay the ax to the root. Otherwise, the fruit will just keep coming. And when you knock it off, more will come. You've got to go to the root of the problem and get 20-20 vision and discern where the real problem is. There's a great illustration of what I'm preaching in 2 Kings. I think it's the seventh chapter and it talks about the Assyrians and how that every time that they planned to ambush and attack God's people, God would tell the prophet Elisha and God would tell him and he would warn the king of Israel and, and they would, uh, they would escape the, the, the booby traps of the Assyrians. And finally, the king of Assyria got upset and he said, what in the world is going on? It's, he actually uses these words. He said, it's like whatever I do in my bedchamber, they know what I'm doing. Somebody's a spy and I'm going to kill all of you until you tell me who, who's, who's the spy in the camp. And they said, it's that prophet. God tells him what you're doing and he tells them. So he sends his army and they completely surround the house of the prophet. The Syrian army with, with shiny spears, spears and swords and chariots and, and they're completely surrounding the prophet. And the prophet's servant gets up, a young lad, and he walks out in the porch and he looks and he sees the, the Assyrian army completely surrounding the prophet and his home. And I want to ask you a question. Do you feel surrounded? Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel trapped? Do you feel like you have a habit you can't get free of? Depression. You're in a relationship that's destroying your life. Listen to this. He was completely surrounded. And he comes in and he says, prophet, what are we going to do? They're all the way around us. We're surrounded. And he prayed the most unusual prayer. The prophet says to the young boy, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes. And when he prayed, open his eyes and he went out and looked again, this time he didn't just see the enemy in the natural, but he saw angels in chariots of fire descending from the hills because God showed him discernment of the spiritual battle that was taking place. And he completely, the Bible said that the prophet prayed and the Assyrian army went blind and he took them, fed them and took them back to where they came from and forgave them and they never bothered him again. What I'm saying to you is, what are you looking at? See what you've never seen before. You have to see beyond your problems. You have to see beyond your problems and see his promises. You have to see beyond the enemy and see the angels. 
What are you seeing today? Well, what should I see? Number one, you should see on your side, they that be with you are more than they that be with them. And when you get the discernment that I'm talking about, you don't feel like the victim. You know that they that be with me are more than they that be with them. So what have you got going for you? What do you need to focus your eyes and discern and see? Number one, you have going for you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills us. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit produces fruit and gifts. On your side tonight, you can see the enemies or you can see the Holy Spirit is standing there. As weak as you may feel, you have the greater one who is on your side. Secondly, you have the word of God. The word of God cleanses you. The Bible said you're cleansed by the word. The word of God says it brings joy. That's why John said these writings, I say unto you that your joy might be full. The word of God heals you. He sent his word and healed them. Listen to that. What do you get from the word of God? You get cleansing, you get joy, and you get healing. And it's in the word. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God. Number three, you have angels on your side tonight. The Bible said the angels of God do always obey the word of God. Whether God speaks it or whether you begin to speak it, the angels back up the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 said they are sent to minister to us. You cannot see them on this platform tonight. But there are angels around me. You cannot see them in your home, but there are angels assigned to you. And when you begin to speak the word of God, they do always obey the word of God. Whether God says it or you say it, they just look for the authority released through the power of the word. Psalms 91 says that the angels come to protect us. They are all around us to keep us lest we dash our foot against the stone. Everybody understand tonight you have the Holy Spirit. Spirit, you have the word of God. This is what you've got to see. You have the angels of God. Number four, you have the blood of Jesus Christ. It cleanses and it protects. And the Bible said in Revelation chapter 12 that we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You know what else you've got? You've got the name. I'm not even going to lift my voice above what I'm doing right now. Y'all can, but I'm not. Y'all want to, y'all want to take a praise break and shout what you got going for you? All right. Now listen. You know what else you got? Everybody say, I've got the blood of Jesus. I've got the angels of God. I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got the word of God. And that ought to make you happy right there. But let me give you another one. You got the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess for, for God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above the name, that, that given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, things bow in heaven, things bow on earth and things bow in the underworld, all at the name of Jesus. You know what else you've got? You've got prayer. And do you know that we can pray in this room and we can go anywhere, travel anywhere on planet earth by prayer. Prayer knows no geographical boundaries. I can pray right here and go into a prison. I can pray right here and go to Georgia, standing in Southern California. I can pray right here and go to Russia. I can pray right here and go to Mexico because prayer has no boundaries. 
I can bind and I can loose because whatever I bind is bound and whatever I loose in prayer in Jesus name is released. You know what else we have agreement? One can put a thousand to flight, but two ten thousand. And it's one thing to pray by yourself, but it's another thing to find one other person. Because if one can put a thousand, two ten thousand, that means you are seven times stronger just because you're sitting by another believer. And if you touch and agree, God says that prayer just became seven times mightier. Reach over and grab somebody by the hand and say, in the name of Jesus. So what are you focusing on? You got to have discernment. What are you focusing on? Your weakness or his strength? Your empty barrel or his unlimited supply? Your doctor's verdict or the great physician's promise that I am the Lord that heals thee? The greatest battle that we will fight is the battle in the mind. Guard your mind because there's a minefield in your head. And we need, we need to be brainwashed by the word of God. We need our thoughts washed and fear washed and depression washed until we get so full of the word of God that our brains have been washed. You see, if you don't guard your mind, your thoughts will either poison you or produce. Your, your thoughts will paralyze or empower. David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. So is what you dwell on acceptable to the Father? Second Corinthians chapter 10 says there are three steps to defeat and bondage. Every person who goes into defeat and bondage will take these three steps. He talks about three things in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 5. Number one, your thoughts. Number two, your imaginations. And number three, they become strongholds. This is the progression. He says, if you don't take captive every thought, it will become an, a vain imagination. And if you don't take control of the vain imagination, it will become a stronghold. So what does that mean? It starts out as a thought. Uh, and if you don't capture that thought and say, that's not in line with the word of God, that depression, that hopelessness, that suicide, that, 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 that defeat, that is not in line with the word of God. Then it becomes an imagination. And the word imagination is the word from which we get image. So you begin to take on the self image of the thoughts you've been thinking. And if you've been listening to the thoughts of bondage, listening to the thoughts of, uh, of addiction, listening to the thoughts of defeat, listening to the thoughts of discouragement and hopelessness, then it becomes an imagination or a, or a self-image. And so you begin to move in that direction and you get in a cycle and you can't break free and you just get lower and lower and lower. Your thoughts, your imaginations... If your thoughts don't line up, then it becomes a stronghold. Well, what's a stronghold? An area strongly held by the enemy. Self-image and the devil whispers to your self-image. It starts as a thought. And if you don't capture it and say that's not in line with God, then it becomes a self-image. What kind of self-image? The enemy will whisper to you, you're ugly. You're inferior. You're stupid. Who do you think you are? You're good for nothing. You're nothing but an alcoholic. Your daddy was an alcoholic. You're never going to be anything. You're trash. You're good for nothing. Nobody loves you. Nobody even wants to be around you. Your own family doesn't love you. And you begin to take on that self-image. 
And you know something? I'm going to tell you something. The enemy will whisper to you, there's no hope. There's no future. And listen, a lie is as good as the truth if you believe it. And so you get an image of yourself. And then it becomes a stronghold, an area strongly held by Satan. And you're not breaking loose. And sometimes if you can't break yourself loose, you need to call for the elders of the church to lay hands on you and break the power of that evil spirit that is trying to take your joy and cause you to go around with a hopeless, defeated spirit. And some of you are held captive by a thought. You're not good enough. A thought that you've, listen, you've committed the unpardonable sin and God won't forgive you for what you've done. That is a lie of the devil and I break it off of you tonight. Hallelujah. Everybody say, number one, discern it. Number two, you've got to decide that you've had enough. You've got to decide that something's going to change. I'm not going to keep coming to church and going like home and falling right back into the pit again. I am going to see a magnificent change in my life. I've had enough. You see, most people, unfortunately, do not change until their pain level gets so unbearable that they can't stand it anymore. And sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you look up. The prodigal son didn't come to himself till he was down to his last friend about to eat his last meal and all the bubbles had burst. Pain is not your enemy, it's your servant. Pain is telling you something's wrong. Pain is letting you know that you've hit bottom and it's time for a new direction. Pain in your life doesn't have to be something that's bad. It's actually informing you that it's time for something in your life to change. And if you're painful in all your relationships and your heart is broken and nothing's going right, you're in the right service tonight. I've changed my sermon for you. I know who I'm talking to because I was that person. I was that defeated, depressed person. I was that person who thought suicidal thoughts. I'm not making this up to you. I'm telling you the enemy had me held captive a time in my life. And you see me now. Well, how could that happen? I applied what I'm preaching. I discerned. I said, this is not God. This is the enemy. And I decided I don't have to live that way. This is the day the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Take a praise break right now. You, you can decide you've had enough. Discern where the real battle is and then decide I've had enough. Jacob wrestled all night and he said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. He wrestled with that angel. Daniel fasted for 21 days. And he said, I'm going to get a breakthrough because I've decided I've had enough of things like they are. Passivity is a spirit and it'll kill you. Just keep sitting back and well, if God's going to do something, he's going to do something. You have to grab hold of God. Satan has recorded your longest stand that you've ever made. And he's going to always tempt you at least that long. Psalms 27 says, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. You don't really desire it if you don't seek after it. You don't really desire to be free and get help if you don't seek after it. 
Pursuit is the proof of desire. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. The Bible said. Blind Bartimaeus teaches us that you'll have victory when you refuse to be put off. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Shh, be quiet. You're not important. And he cried the louder. He teaches us that you'll have victory when you will not be put off. He teaches us you'll have victory when you refuse to allow your intellectual doubts to stop you. Satan always attacks on the brink of multiplication. So you have to decide that you've had enough. Anybody had enough tonight? Anybody tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired? Anybody believe that God can set some things in order and change things starting tonight? If you do, clap your hands and praise God. Now, if you want more than, a, than an emotional uh, goosebump, you not only have to discern, you not only have to decide, but you have to declare the word of God over your circumstances. What are you saying? What you're saying, listen carefully, may be contradicted by what you're seeing. Are you going to say what your friends think or what your faith declares? Faith and reason are not opposed. Listen carefully. When reason can't take another step, faith keeps right on going. Because reason holds the hand of man and goes as far as man can take it. But faith holds the hand of God and walks with the God of infinity where only he can take us. And that's the difference between reason and faith. So you must declare the word of God. Not your emotions, not what people are telling you, not what circumstances are screaming at you, but you declare the word of God. Second Corinthians seven and six says there's times when we have fighting on the outside and fears on the inside. Nevertheless, God sent Titus to encourage me. And I've come to encourage somebody that if you won't change, there are three things that have to change. You have to change your environment. That means if you keep going in the same environment where you do drugs and where you keep falling into a bed of adultery, you have to change your environment. Number two, change your company. You got to get some new friends. You need to look at your phone and delete, 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 delete. Delete. Uh, uh, he keeps calling me, and I know, I, I know he, he was sleeping with three other girls when he called me the last time, and he told me he loved me. But what are you doing? Change your environment. Change your company. And here's the big one. Change what you say. Change your environment. 
Change the company you're running with. If you run with dogs, you'll get fleas. And change what you say. Everybody say what I say. So, Psalms 91 says, I will say of the Lord. It's not enough to think it. It's not enough to know it. You have to say, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my buckler. He is my shield. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 said, He'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. Now listen to this. This is powerful. This changed my life 20 years ago. I heard Bob Gass say this statement that I'm about to, and many of you don't even know who Bob Gass is, but he's a brilliant man from Ireland. And uh, he wrote a lot of books many years ago, and they fed me the first few years of my ministry. Everything that I preached pretty much came from Bob Gass because he fed my soul. I was talking to Ben about this earlier today. And he made a statement 20 years ago in one of his devotionals that changed my life. He said these words, a thought unspoken is a thought unborn. As long as you're not speaking the word of God, it's not being birthed in your life. A thought unspoken is a thought unborn. So how do you, how do you say it? How do you declare it? Well, Ephesians 5 said you can sing the word of God. That's what we do. That's why these songs are so powerful. Because they're basically, everything they're saying is right out of the scriptures. That's why you need CDs like my new one. Uh, that, that, but, but you can sing it. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And a thought unspoken is a thought unborn. So even if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, get in your car and turn it up. Because he lives. It doesn't matter how you sound. Sing it. Sing the word of God. Sing the word of God. Something good is going to happen to me. I'm more than a conqueror. Sing these songs. Get CDs and get them playing and sing the word of God. What are you doing? You're declaring the word of God. And praise out loud. He said, say out loud the word of God. What did Satan, Jesus say to Satan? It is written. It is written. It is written. And he quoted the scripture. Say the word of God out loud. Say it out loud. Say it over and over. Speak the word of God instead of your fears, instead of your emotions. Pray the word of God. The most powerful prayer is when you say back to God what he's already said to you. God, you said you're my healer. And according to Isaiah 53, you were wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon you and by your stripes I'm healed. And you said that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And you said anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith and the Lord shall raise them up. You said it. You said it. You said it. You would, I would recover from my wounds. You said I am the Lord that healeth thee, Jehovah. You said it. This is what you do. Well, I don't. That's kind of hard. Discern it, decide, and declare. 
I'm lonely, Pastor. I'm so lonely. Then begin to declare the word of God. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And I know the plans I have for you, good and not evil. And it's not good for man to be alone. And so it's not good for me to be alone. I'm lonely. And I thank you for my beautiful, 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 beautiful woe man. She's coming into my life. This is what you do if you're single. God, I thank you that you've got a plan for me. I thank you that you are ordering somebody out of 7 billion people. You are an amazing matchmaking service. You're better than anything online. And you know how, wherever they are, I'm going to have a kingdom connection. And I'm going to meet my Boaz. And he's going to meet his Ruth. And we're going to come together because God knows how to hook you up. And Lord, I just thank you that you're my hookup service. And not in a bad way, in a holy way. And God, I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you that I know that you got the steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered of the Lord. Declare it. A thought unspoken is a thought unborn. Every time you speak, you're sowing a seed. And when you keep on speaking it, the seed grows. Death and life are in the... Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue and you'll eat the fruit thereof. You'll eat what you speak. You better talk good because you're going to have to eat it. I'm telling you, I tell you, the economy's bad and probably going to get worse. I don't know what we're going to do. We're probably going to lose our house. I bet I won't get any business this week. I bet nobody's going to call me this week. I'll probably, I tell you, there's so many other people that I, we, I heard about. So, so, My God, folks, this is not some game. This is life or death. The power of life and death are in your tongue. But when you begin to declare... I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing I won't have room enough to receive. I have given, therefore I just declare that the Lord is going to give back to me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto my bosom. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I'm blessed. He'll cause men to give unto my bosom. I almost felt like saying to Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, I'm, I'm about to build a, a new chapel and build a new uh, uh, building in Georgia. We're going to build another campus. And I'd love to call it the Trump of God. <laughs> that thought actually came across my mind. I didn't. But I believe he can cause men to give to my bosom. Your bosom. Hallelujah. Preaching better than you're letting on right now. I'm almost done. Now listen to this. Can I finish? Can I have three more minutes? Your words activate angels or demons. Your words reinforce fear or program you for victory. Twelve spies were sent into the promised land and ten of them came back with what the Bible calls an evil report. Now, we call it a negative report. That's not the biblical word that, that the Scripture uses. The biblical word the Scripture uses is an evil report. And, and when you get negative, 
You know, evil is one letter away from devil. <laughs> you get very close to the devil when you get negative. The Bible calls it an evil report. And they said, there's giants there, and we can't take it, and we can't do it. And notice this. Please listen to this. It's never the giants on the outside that keep you from your promised land. It's the ten voices on the inside. It's the voices inside of you that will defeat you. The giants are not authorized to stop you. Only thing that can stop. The Bible said, they said, we are, listen to this. We are as grasshoppers. They had a grasshopper complex. We are as grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. That's an astounding scripture. That means how you see yourself determines how people see you. You know, have you ever seen uh, some people... They just see themselves. Um, how do I say this? One time, Sharice and I were talking about some people. <laughs> that ain't coming out right. But, but they're sweet as they can be. But, but she's a beautiful woman, and we can't figure out how he got her. That's the kindest way I know how to say it. I mean, he's as ugly as Grandma's skillet. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you. And I know everybody thinks this. How did he get her? You know what we concluded? He just, he don't know he's ugly. He just, he carries himself. He's the most confident guy you've ever seen. He just, he's a boss. I'm just telling you. And you know, even my wife, even my wife said, well, you know, I mean, even somebody ugly, if they carry themselves like they're somebody, you start, well, you know, he is kind of cute. Y'all know how you are, you bunch of women. Y'all know how you are. Especially if he's with a pretty woman, he looks a hundred percent better. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I guess how you see yourself determines how people see you. I'm trying to get out of it. <laughs> Be good to have a little piano right now or something. But let me finish. I'm almost done. Listen to this. Everybody say it's not the giants on the outside. It's the voices on the inside that kept them out of the promised land. For every day, for 40 days, they spoke doubt and unbelief. And for every day they spoke doubt and unbelief. 40 days, they spent a year in the wilderness. Faith words produce a harvest. Fear words confine you to a wilderness. Now, here's my last little admonishment to you so here's some things i jotted down so how do you change what you're declaring this has to be on purpose this has to be and and, and don't play yet just get ready to play thanks but 
Um, it takes 21 days to form a habit. 21 days. If you would begin to declare the word of God for 21 days, you would be absolutely astounded at what will happen in 21 days. So I wrote this down the other day. Number one, be conscious of your words. Number two, take back negative words when you speak them. Be conscious of your words. And if you start to say something that is not right and you feel the Holy Spirit check you, don't be too big to take your words back and say, nah, I didn't mean that. Let me, just, let me say what I really believe and then declare the word of God. I even wrote this down the other day. Stop yourself in mid-sentence. If you catch yourself, and you know the Holy Spirit is so great, He'll let you know when you're talking wrong talk. And when He does stop in mid-sentence and back it up and go back to declaring the goodness of God, it is written. And the Bible said that if we will discern and we will decide and we will declare the Word of God, the strongholds will come down and victory shall be ours. If you believe it, give God a great praise. Now I've given you the formula. I've given you the formula on a, on a, on a Sunday night. So how many of you see the Holy Spirit on your side tonight? See the blood on your side. See the name on your side. How many of you see that? How many of you see prayers on your side? Angels are on your side. They that be with us discern. They that be with us are more than what's coming against me. You know, I just decide. I declare a thing. That tonight is a freedom night for hundreds of people in this room. And we declare we are going to declare the word of God. And one of the greatest things you can do is if you're sick or if you've got money problems or family problems, spend some time in this word and find every scripture you can and just begin to declare it over that problem. I'm telling you the word of God. If you'll work the word, the word will work for you. Stand to your feet all over this room. Let's thank him for the anointing that's in this room right now because I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost breaking strongholds, areas strongly held by the enemy, fear, addictions, depression, discouragement, hopelessness. What's the use? Give up. We break it. We pull down those strongholds. Now, if you know tonight that I'm preaching to you, whether you've been here a hundred times or you've never been here before but if you know this is a message that God interrupt the regularly scheduled program and took my rocks and everything and put them under a chair so you could hear three keys to victory and you know this word is for you tonight and you want to take a step of faith and say it's time to declare a turnaround in my life. I want to see in 21 days things change in magnificent ways.
Pastor, pray for me. If you know this is a word for you, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've ever been here before. You come all the time. Get out of your seat and come stand down here because we're going we're gonna to see the victory in many, many lives. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.